This podcast is a ministry of Crossroads Community Church in Hatfield, Pennsylvania. And now, the message. So uh, what I want to do this morning is just to have a little talk and then not get in the way of whatever Mother's Day brunch looks like for you, okay? But before we get started, I guess I have to admit... um, I needed some help this week with this, and so I did some checking, and I wanted to gain wisdom from, uh, from others. And so I just I collected some of this wisdom that I wanted to share with you. Uh, Milton Berle, remember? Some of you remember Milton Berle. He said, if evolution really works, how come mothers still only have two hands? Somebody else said, uh, it's never easy being a mom. If it were easy, fathers would do it. (laughs) One woman said, I would like to be an ideal mother, but I'm too busy raising my kids. (laughs) One writer said, the one thing that kids wear out faster than shoes is parents. The great philosopher Phyllis Diller. Some of you are going to have to Google that, like figure that out. The great philosopher Phyllis Diller said, what I want for my kids is I want them to have all the things that I never had, and then I'm going to move in with them. Another writer said, the most remarkable thing about my mom was that for 30 years she served the family nothing but leftovers, and the original meal has still never been found. (laughs) Buddy Hackett, another comedian from way back, but he said, uh, my mother's menu consisted only of two things, take it or leave it. (laughs) Chinese proverb says, There is only one beautiful child in the world, and every mother has it. One mom wrote, mirror, mirror, on the wall. I am my mother, after all. (laughs) Another guy that I heard, he said, uh, when I was growing up, my mom had a mood ring. Remember those? Mood rings. When she was happy, it would glow like a deep royal blue. And when, it, when she was angry, it would leave a red mark right on my forehead. <laughs> Another philosophical writer said that Mother Nature in her infinite wisdom has instilled within each of us the powerful biological instinct to reproduce. This is her way of, re- of assuring that the human race never has any disposable income. And, uh, of course, Irma Bombach said that when her kids would get really, really wild, she would simply get us a nice, safe playpen. And when they settled down, she would climb out of it. (laughs) One mom on a little little site that gave some advice said, uh, if your kids are giving you a headache, mom, follow the directions on the aspirin bottle, especially the part that says, keep away from children. I think it was also Irma Bombeck who said, I love to play hide-and-seek with my kids, but some days my goal is to find a hiding place where they can't find me until after high school. (laughs) 
I heard that a, a suburban's mother's role is to deliver a baby obstetrically once and then by minivan for the rest of her life. <laughs> Children are a great comfort in your old age and they help you get there faster too. <laughs> Parenthood is passing the baton followed by a lifelong disagreement about who dropped it in the first place. <laughs> and I read this little poem, I'll share it with you. It says, Mom, you know the worst of me, my weaknesses, my follies. I know you've seen my mess in my pants, seen me mess my pants and cut off the heads of dollies. <laughs> you know all my most embarrassing moments. You know that I'm a nut. <clears throat> So what can I do to repay your love and make sure you keep your mouth shut? <laughs> so today, uh, all this honor, may, maybe it's because we really do love you. Maybe we're just trying to get you to not share too many stories. But moms, we love you. So with all of that help aside, I still struggled. You see, I, I just want to be honest. I am totally unqualified to give a message about Mother's Day. Obviously, I've never been a mom. But more than that, I'm not sure I was much of a joy to my mom. Now, I did watch my wife be a mother to our kids, and she was fantastic. But honestly, I was right there watching, and I still don't have a clue what she did. I'm really unqualified. I really don't have the, the insight or the wisdom that it takes to say something this morning that could encourage you, that could, that could communicate to you the value that you have to those who love you most. I just don't, I don't really have that ability. Now, what I am thankful for this morning, and, and, and again, I just, my goal here is to get you to stop thinking about moms and start feeling bad for me, because um, it is all about me. It, you know, um, Pastors sometimes have to speak on, on weeks when they're unqualified. Most weeks I speak on things that are, I'm unqualified to address. So the one thing I guess I'm thankful for is grace. I'm thankful for grace because grace has this really exciting ability to fill in. You see, sometimes there's an ideal wish I was as wise as some of the people that we've read and I was a, written a few books on parenting or motherhood or there's this ideal of what what we want to be true and and then there's the reality of where we are and the truth is there's usually a gap between the ideal and what is actually real so I'm really thankful this morning that grace can fill in the gap between the ideal and the real. Uh, let, me, let me show you what, what I mean. One of my favorite definitions of grace, and it's a little, I mean, there are some really cute ones, you know, God's riches at Christ's expense. But this definition I wanted to share with you, it says that grace is the dimension of divine activity that enables God to comfort or uh, con confront human rebellion with an in inexhaustible capacity to forgive and bless. 
Grace is that ability that God possesses to respond to rebellion with somehow the capacity to forgive and bless. It's an unearned favor, grace is. It's an assist that you didn't deserve. This is a passage that is probably familiar to many of you. If you have a Bible open to Ephesians 2, or just follow along. For Ephesians 2, starting in verse 8, we read this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, not by works, so that no one can boast. You see, even though it mentions grace, it also defines it. Grace not of yourselves, not something you bring to the table. Romans 5 says something very similar. It says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand now, we often talk about grace when it comes to salvation and justification. The idea that a, a perfect God can't be approached by sinful humans. And that the, the wages of the, our sin, the payment that is due, is death. We could never afford that. Grace, we understand, is God's willingness to come and make the payment in our place. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ, I would ask you, why would you turn down a free gift that has eternal ramifications. We understand grace when it comes to salvation. But what we see here in Romans 5 is that it's not just about a one-time ticket to heaven. When he says it's this grace in which we now stand, it's, it kind of gives you the idea that grace isn't just a one-time, a one-off, a one-time thing. It becomes a place where we reside. We live our lives in this place of grace. Now certainly, everyone who's ever trusted Christ as their Savior, every, every day you could easily stop and go, boy, where would I be if Jesus hadn't saved me? I, I'm so thankful I have eternal life. I have that confidence. You could certainly be thankful every day for the grace that makes salvation available. But it's broader than that. Because as we follow Christ and as His Spirit works in us, we become aware that we are still falling short of the ideal. We read about Christ. We hear His teaching and we're convicted. Oh boy, that, I am not like that. I don't forgive like that. And once again, we experience this tension, this gap between the ideal and the real. And the truth is, grace continues to be more than enough to fill in that gap. So, as I try to talk about Mother's Day and I don't have a clue what I'm saying, I'm so thankful for grace. That God can fill in the gap between what would be ideal and what you're going to get today. So how... Does a church? How can we this morning encourage moms? How can I encourage? How can I encourage you, mom? Especially, I'm curious about how we can encourage you without hurting as many of you as we help. You see, there's there are so many feelings that come along with Mother's Day. 
If, if we start listing and believe, there are so many cute videos, we could watch videos for the rest of the morning. And some of them, you'd be laughing so hard, you're going you're gonna, to you know, you have trouble catching your breath. You'd be crying so hard, you'd be sobbing. There were so, there were so many. But over and over again, many of them, in an effort to honor you, Mom, they would highlight all the things that you've done. And it's pretty significant. I mean, you've, you birthed us, and then you fed us, and then you cleaned us, and, and, and you protected us, and you carried us, and you nurtured us, and it just goes on and on and on. And we could go through that. It happened a few hundred times a day, 365 days a year, up till this current day. How in the world? And so we could begin to try to talk about that. Talk about what it meant and how selfless you were and how consistent you were and how willing you were. But I have a hunch that something would happen if we were to continue down that road. Because as we continue to talk about all these great things that you have done and the great heart with which you did them, one by one, you would, you would begin to draw back as a mom. Because as we're talking, the thought will occur to you, yeah, well, I did it, but I was not that willing. <laughs> I did it, but I was not that consistent. In fact, your mind will go right back to the time when, when you locked yourself in the bathroom just needing to get some space, or when you yelled and you knew as it was coming out your mouth that this was not patience, this was not love. So here we are, we're going to try to talk about all the things that we appreciate, but if we're not careful, you begin to think about the times that you failed. And motherhood is full of failure. Some failure is real. Some failure we we only experience in our minds. But it all has to do with the same idea, I think, of a conflict between the ideal, what we really wanted to do, what I really wanted to say was, what I really wanted to do for them was, and the real. And the fact is, as moms, you experience the same experience I have. You, you experience a gap between the ideal and the real. So, so there's pain. There's pain from that nagging feeling that you should have, could have, maybe, maybe you didn't do as adequate a job as you wish you would have. I don't, I don't agree with that assessment, but who am I? But the pain comes from the fact that you are not sure. That pain comes from that conflict between the ideal and what you experienced. Let me just say that what's true of knuckle-headed pastors who try to preach on Mother's Day is true for you. Grace is more than enough to bridge the gap between the ideal and the real. There's more than enough grace. So we could begin talking about mothers. And, and as we talked about motherhood, boy, there are so many that are feeling pain. Some of you are feeling pain this morning. Some folks didn't come this morning. I, I know this. I hear from them. Sorry, but I just can't do another Mother's Day. Nothing against you, Mike. And, and I, I, I know. I know. 
See, you've got a mother who lost a child. And on this day, more than any day, that pain is so poignant, they almost can't function. Or you've got the woman who wants to be a mother, more than anything. Might be one of the best moms you've ever known, but she cannot conceive. I have seen, I know that pain firsthand. Even those women who want to be a good mother, but first they have to be a good wife and they can't find a, a decent guy. And they're wondering, God, why are you, what's wrong with me? What's, they feel pain today. As we talk about all the great things that moms do, moms feel pain because they can't keep a perfect home because they can't serve the perfect meal, because they can't raise the perfect kids. I mean, you've always got the father to blame. That, I mean, that's likely. <laughs> Even as we try to honor you, mom, we run the risk of alienated moms, alienating moms who didn't even have a mom in their life. Or when they think about the abuse, they endured from their mom. They almost wish they hadn't had a mom in their life. Or the moms who feel like they are currently failing as a mom. There's this nagging worry. And that's not to mention uh, all of the moms who work outside the home and they wonder, do I still get counted as a mom? Or stepmoms. Or adoptive moms. I, I just read about a mom who went to a church on Mother's Day and they said, okay, you know, everybody, here kids, go give this gift to your mom. Now, not just somebody who acted like a mom to you, but the woman who gave birth to you. And here's this mom going, what? They worked so hard to adopt their two kids and she was just devalued right in the service. Let me tell you, that story by itself kept me awake several nights. Moms of special needs kids. It doesn't what, if, you, if, if your kids are perfectly healthy, no matter what stresses you're feeling, you still can't quite understand what it's like to care for a child with special needs. Or single moms. If there was a hero today, it's single moms. How in the world? We can barely do it with two adults in the room, let alone by themselves or abandoned moms, or abused moms. Today, there are women who grieve the children they never had, and they grieve the ones that they've lost. They grieve the mothers that they never had, and they grieve the mothers they've lost. <laughs> Maybe we should just not do Mother's Day at all. <laughs> and yet, I think there's hope. Because even the pain that we've described, this pain of grief, the pain that comes from the failures that we suspect we're making or that someone else made, even in the midst of that, there is this pain and it's, it's really coming from the gap between the ideal, whatever you think a mom should be, and the real, the mom you were, the mom you currently are. The truth is, there's a gap between those two things, and that gap creates pain. Oh, but there's grace. Grace, God's capacity 
to face failure and rebellion with an inexhaustible capacity for love and forgiveness. Over and over again, we experience the pain of the ideal. And over and over again, that has the potential of driving us toward our awareness that we need grace. Now, the human tendency, whenever we're feeling like we're not meeting up, when there's a gap in our performance, our human tendency is to try harder and make up that gap, right? You, you suck it up, you pull yourself up by the bootstraps, you, you read an article in one of those magazines, you do something, and you, and you it feels so normal. It feels like that's what, I've I got to try harder. And, I, and I, I just want to warn you, moms, that when you're feeling the pain of that gap between the ideal and the real, be careful how you try to solve it. Because you have a heavenly father. And he intends to play a role in this. In fact, this is how he feels about it. When you're trying to fix it, this is how he feels about it. It's Jeremiah 2.13. We read this. My people have committed two sins, he says. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug out cisterns, their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Nothing will grieve him more than wanting to be the source of encouragement for you. And all the while, you're trying to fix it yourself, do it on your own, thinking that you're going to gain his approval, when instead, he says, what you've, the finished product isn't going to hold water, and you'll be so far from me. Instead, he wants to minister to you. In fact, it's not Jeremiah, it's Romans 5, uh, where we read, or Romans 11, where, where we read, if it's by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. Consider this, Mom. As soon as we start to fill in that gap the best we can ourselves, it isn't grace anymore. Oh, I understand. I understand the pain you feel, and, and, and I think I understand what it's like to want to hide our failures. But the truth of the matter is, there's really only one thing that can stop grace. Otherwise, it's, it's unstoppable. But the one thing that can stop grace is when we insist on doing it ourselves. So if it's safe for you, Mom, for just a second, safe to go to that place where you're experiencing pain. And I realize it's, it's your mom, it's your mothering, it's your kids. And, and I, I know that there's several points of it. But if you would say, I know you know about this. And it's not that I'm not willing to, to try, but you know what that produces. I need grace. I need grace because I'm not a perfect mom. I'm not a perfect woman. I wasn't a perfect daughter. I don't meet the ideal. I need grace. Now, we have to talk about Mother's Day because Mother's a high calling. It was created by God. It's like a crucible of love. 
a, a, a focus of blessing and regeneration. The truth is, being a mother usually is a, it entails a daily dying to yourself that almost no one else on earth can understand. And every time we experience dying to self, it can remind us of the one who died not only to himself, but for us. We can think about Mary, Jesus' mother. She modeled for you that in motherhood, it is possible to willingly give your body and your life for the sake of God's redemptive purposes, even though it will bring some pain. What a courageous young woman she was. The truth is, there is something that probably every mother wants on Mother's Day. But I don't feel qualified to tell you about it. I did, however, find another mom. And she wrote something. And if you allow me, I would simply like to finish this morning by reading what she writes to you. She writes this. <sighs> yeah. If you're being gut honest here, you really don't want the cards or the flowers. <laughs> or you don't want what gets wrapped up in shiny paper or stuffed in a bag with wrinkled tissue paper or anything that gets tied up and, and presented with those dangly little curling ribbons. What you really wanted, what you really wanted, Mom, was to be extraordinarily, obviously good at this good at this mothering thing. You wanted to be best at it. You wanted to take the podium and the gold medal in mothering. You wanted to take a million timeouts. You wanted not to take a million timeouts behind some locked bathroom door where you turn on the water so no one hears you crying at what a mess this whole thing has turned out to be and how you'd like to run away. She says, by the way, ask me how I know. Honest, she says, you wanted to be more. You wanted to be more patient. You wanted to never, ever lose it. You always wanted to have it together, to keep calm, and, and that's all. Not let their tantrums get to you. Take them with a grain of salt instead of throwing one of your own. You wanted more flashes of wisdom in the heat of the moment. Instead, you had no bloody idea what you were doing at the moment. You flung up an SOS prayer. Then you made a call with your kid. You did the best you could. And they hate you for it. <laughs> and you crawl into bed. You crawl into bed feeling like a heel who never gets it right. You'd give your eye teeth or your left arm for more time, more time to get it right and less wrong. More time so that you could leave that one more thing that ended up not mattering, a hill of beans, so you could take time to lay there in the dark with them after prayers. Talk about deep things that only come in the exhale moments of the end of a day. And then rub their back 
till they fall asleep. Okay, somebody, she says. How about just some more time? How about internal permission? Permission to surprise with more spontaneous mommy days in the middle of the week, or go for ice cream, or the park, or the beach, or the woods. More time not to hurry them, not to badger them, not to nag them, not to manage them like there's some to-do list that needs to get checked off. To be done and tossed away before tomorrow starts. Just more time to slow down. That's what you want. To smile into them. To simply enjoy being. I know what mom wants. Moms want a do-over. They wanted to be better. Never once did you ask to come stumbling into this with all the baggage, all the mess that your parents sent you packing with. All these unhealthy coping mechanisms, all these triggers, all these unspoken broken pieces. What you really want, desperately, wildly, in spite of everything, is for them, your kids, to remember the good. To remember enough of the times you whispered, I love you. To know how many times you broke your heart and how hard you really tried. All you want, all you want is for them to feel a deep sense of safety, that they are safe to trust people, safe to dream large, safe to believe, safe to try, safe to love large and go fly. And you need to know that you haven't wrecked all that for them. You want to know that they feel certain, that they feel the tender embrace of your love in spite of all the stormy times that have acted, that you have acted unlovingly. Maybe one last thing mom want. Maybe a bit of grace. What every mother wants, her most unspoken need, is a truckload of grace. Grace that buries her fears that her faith wasn't enough and her faults that were too many. Grace that washes her dirty wounds and wounds the devil's lies. Grace that says she doesn't have to try to measure up to anyone else because Jesus came down and he measures her as good enough, as worthy enough, as loved more than enough. Grace embraces you before you prove anything and after you've done everything wrong. Grace holds you when everything else falls apart and it whispers that everything is really falling together. Grace loves you when you are at your darkest worst and it wraps us in the best light. What happened in the past can't change it. Nothing in the future can intimidate the reality of it. It's what your soul aches for most, and it's really what is really true. You are always, you are always sufficient because God always gives you his all-sufficient grace. You don't have to be afraid because you have a father. You don't have to know it all or know how to do it all. You just have to choose to be all here right where you are. His grace meets you in the moment. You'll miss it if you're worrying about future moments. 
Lock your thoughts on this moment and you will be the freest of all. Lock your thoughts on this moment and you will be the freest of all. When you focus on living only in the grace of this moment, it's exactly when you get the grace of a momentous life. Live in the moment, she says, and you get a momentous life. So moms, you don't have to be awesome and do everything. You simply have to believe that the one who is awesome loves you through everything. And if that could be given as a gift today, every mom, as soon as you left here and you found a place at home or somewhere where you could be alone for a moment, and if you could unwrap that gift and let it enfold you, embrace you, I don't think anybody but moms understand the pain that you feel, along with those who wish they were moms and lost moms, lost children. But that pain can allow you to embrace his grace. His grace says, you got this. He is with you. Everything that you have done, he can take and bring about from it everything good. But we must rest in him. Let's pray. So mom, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, Would you, would you just take a minute? Acknowledge the, the pain that comes from some of those unmet expectations and those failures. And if you look up from that spot, you'll see Jesus looking right in your eyes. He says, I know all about that. I'm not surprised by this. I'm not shocked by this. You actually did pretty well considering everything you had. Would you like me to fill in the gap? There you go. Now rest in me. There you go. Now rest in me. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful for our moms. In some ways, they remind us of you maybe more than anybody else because they love so deeply. They probably feel the pain more deeply. We're so careless and fickle at times, but not you. You who knows what it is to gather your children, to protect them, to tuck them in close. You who are willing to die for them, like any mom, you know 
their pain. And so we, we ask that today that you would banish that for them, that instead what they would find is grace, the grace that's more than enough. They are fine. Their kids are fine. Their future is fine. Not because they've got it all under control. They don't. They know that. But they know that you do. And they can rest in you. And so, God, we ask that you'd give this gift to our moms today. Yes, we'll give them our honor. We'll give them candy. We'll even let them pick the restaurant today. But more than anything else, we want to make sure that they are enjoying your grace. So touch hearts, heal and free them so that they can soar for you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Intro music by bensound.com. Visit us online at crossroads-cc.org.